Hello, and welcome to the first of our four final regular episodes of Game of Ranking Thrones in this first season of the show. I am Jake Kelly. And I'm Evan Camacho. These special episodes are going, are we dubbed the Dance of the Dragons, <laughs> in which we're going to have all the, the kings and queen that we consider dragons and one stag competed out for who is the most, who was the greatest of the dragons or stag, yeah. who <laughs> was the ultimate most important, impactful king or queen who sat on the Iron Throne. <laughs> so, for this, I, uh, I specifically chose to mix it up, and so the, the kings that will fight in these, we're going to have it be a melee of that um, two of the melees will be four kings against each other, and one is three, is a three, uh, has a three. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Evan doesn't know in advance which, which kings are going to be up, so he's coming into this completely fresh. Yep. And, uh, uh, but before we do that, though, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a easier-ish debate. Of just um, we're gonna go over the, in each of these melees the, the top score the top and lowest scoring of uh, of people in each of, of the categories. Mm -hmm. So this week we are covering the category of the king. Mm -hmm. And so, any predictions on who were, were the high scorers? No, Aegon had to be had to be high. Jaharis had to be pretty high. Aegon the Fifth had to be pretty high. And those are my top three. What do you think? Oh well, perfect. So number five with fifteen point five, Viserys the Second. All right. He scored pretty high, even though I think in the overall rankings he's sadly one of the one of the lower score lowest scores. Mm-hmm. But he also uh, was the lowest scoring dragon, so he still got in the the dragon category. Right. Darren the Good mm -hmm. got seventeen. Darren the Second, yeah. he got seventeen. Pretty mm -hmm. good. I mean, he's number four, so mm -hmm. number three, Aegon the Unlikely, Aegon the Fifth, Egg got eighteen. Mm -hmm. Aegon the Conqueror got eighteen. Also, pretty good. And at the top, at number one, Jaharis the Conciliator. He got 20. Sounds about right. Yeah. Going through this list right now, is there any... Do you think that you would go for a different score? No. No. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not sure. I think we might for... One category I'm thinking of that we'll get down. Mm -hmm. But... We'll see. So, here also, though, we're going to talk about the ignominious honor of the lowest scoring mm -hmm. on the category of the king. Number... Uh, okay, is it, let me double-check the scores. Okay, mm -hmm. um, okay, so, number 17. Yeah. All right, hold on. Sorry, computer's being all... 
computery on me. Is uh, number seventeen Tristane Truefire, five point five. Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna spoil you, Evan. Yeah. Tristane, even though he is, he's going to be appear in every list. Ha. That's funny. Although, so, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Number 18, The Mad King, 4.5. Oh, boy. And look at these scores. Like, Jaharis got 20, and so, this is on a 10-point scale. This is pretty. Mm-hmm. This is not good. No. The Mad King, Ares II, he got 4.5. Megor the Cruel got 4. Yep, sounds about right. At number 20, Aegon the Usurper, Aegon II, he got three. Ooh. I think when we talked about him, it's like it's really, really hard to judge both Rhaenyra and Aegon the Usurper because they're just warring the entire time. Yeah. But, like, his decisions as a king, we couldn't really give him points for. No. And the lowest of all... Joffrey at number 21, very fittingly in a way, considering how ignominious he is and belovedly hated by the fandom, Joffrey mm-hmm. the Oborn with two. Oh, boy. I am a little bit surprised, though, honestly, looking back at it. I'm curious how the Mad King managed to get to not be the lowest. I think it was only for two reasons. One, the guy actually ruled for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And two, he was a psychopath. He was evil, but he wasn't necessarily stupid. Mm, I don't know about that he one. Wasn't, he certainly wasn't the stupidest one. Mm, I don't know. Well, don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, it was still bad. It was still horrendous, but... Well, I said my piece. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised he, he didn't get the lowest, but, you know, that's how it re-ranked it. At the same time, I'm, I'm completely comfortable with Joffrey getting two, because, like, I'm astonished we give him any points. Right. Yeah. It's just like, no, you were... You did nothing that was, like, remotely good. Hmm. So, let's get on to getting the dragons to dance. Okay. So, this week, let me see if I can find any theme about them. Mm -hmm. Okay. This week, looking at it, and this is off the top of my head, but all four of these kings, undeniably and indisputably, are dragons both in the world of Westeros and, and within... Our judgment, obviously. All of these kings undeniably had a huge impact on Westeros. Three out of four were beloved. One was despised. Two out of four arguably were good kings. And two were not. 
and only one of them would die peacefully. Three of them would die horribly. Although we can debate which one died the worst. So, those are my common observations. Any guesses? Magar? Yep. Egg on the first? No. Really? Okay. okay. Not, not okay. this time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say egg on the fifth. Egg. Yep. Yep. Okay. The Mad King? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, uh, Aegon, Aegon the Usurper. No. He didn't even make it a dragon. That's right, I forgot, sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's all good. Okay, I'm so glad, like, you, 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 I've made him remember all these kings now. Yay! Well, one of them, so, say, one of them was beloved. I'm going to say Jaehaerys. Yes. Okay, so that's the last one. So you're missing one. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it right now. Baylor, Baylor the Blessed. Okay, okay. I'll give you that one. So, yeah. He was Baylor the Beloved also. That's his other nickname. That's fair. The people... Uh, so we're, we're going to get into it. Let, let me knock over like some quick notes I made. I mean, mm -hmm. you remember who all these kings are, right, Evan? Yeah. But let's oh, yeah. go over a little checklist and like talk about their, their impact. So first let's talk about like the, the quick rapid-fire talk about their reign. So yeah. for Jaehaerys the Conciliator... He created a uniform code of law for Westeros. He united the realm after the civil war and traumas of Magor the Cruel. Good. He was the longest reigning king. He okay. introduced the doctrine of exceptionalism to justify the Targaryens' incest. Hmm. Crushed any and all rebellions against him in a swift manner. Hmm. And he created the King's Road. And there's lots of other things he did. He, and it was a, a really long episode to just cover his reign. Yeah, it was a very long one. Good rule for what, five decades almost? Yeah, over five decades. Mm -hmm. So he, obviously, um, uh, he, he built, he made King's Landing into a city. Mm -hmm. He improved the water in King's Landing. He ended the, the right to first night for lords. Hmm. He did many, many, many reforms to the to Westeros and stabilized Westeros and really turned Westeros into into Westeros. Yeah, in essence, mm -hmm. and even like uh, on his deathbed, uh, the independent Dorn mourned Jaehaerys's passing. Nice. And Jaehaerys had technically. Ah. Defeat killed their prince, <laughs> but Dorn forgave him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next, the most developed king that George R. R. Martin has has done outside of the main series. Mm -hmm. Even though at the same time, the thing we know least about him is his reign. <laughs> mm -hmm. Aegon the Unlikely, also Aegon. known as Aegon the Fifth. And Egg. Nice to see you, Egg. He was the fourth son of a fourth son, and yet he became king. <laughs> in his youth, he was the squire to a hedge knight, the lowest of, of knights 
in Westeros, and he lived his life with with peasants and knew <laughs> the struggles and of the of the peasants. Right. He attempted to reform Westeros to improve the rights of the peasants. Right. He swiftly crushed all rebellions against him. Good move. He had to struggle with the with the rebellious nature of his sons. <laughs> and his reign ended with the mysterious tragedy of Summerhall. Arguably his only failure is the treatment of his kids. Yeah. Well, in that he couldn't get his sons to go along with his ideas. Yeah. Or with his his marriages. Right. So that's Egg, mm-hmm. whom, as we looked at it, and you wisely foresaw, mm-hmm. is that he was basically, as we saw, the last of of the genuinely good dragons. Yeah. And he was the, the last real glimmer of hope for the Targaryen dynasty. I mean, we can debate on whether how much of Rhaegar was theoretically could have redeemed the Targaryen yeah. dynasty. But, like, Jaehaerys Jeher- and Daenerys, no. 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 I mean, like, Jaehaerys is, was middle ground king. Exactly. And we mean and- Jaehaerys II. We just, I know we just play, praised another Jaehaerys. So, and then, Ari, and then Ari is the less said, the better. Yes, yes. We will talk about him, though. He did make a dragon. A monstrous psychopath. Yep. Quick notes on Baylor the Blessed. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most popular, if not the most popular kings to the people of Westeros. Mm. Perhaps even more than Aegon the Conqueror. He was a martyr and hero mm. to Westeros. Mm. He made peace with Dorne after his brother's war. Good. He attempted numerous and often irrational attempts to make the realm more pious. Yeah. Made several efforts to aid the poor. Mm-hmm. He also imprisoned his sisters in a tower so they would not tempt other women. Great. This led to one of his sisters becoming so upset and escaping the tower and seducing her cousin and giving birth to a bastard named Damon, who later would take on the name Damon Blackfire. Oh, you idiot. Mm-hmm. And he... Thank you, thank you for a hundred years of Blackfire rebellions. Well, that's more on his father. Still. But, yeah. And, although Baylor can be partially to blame for it, Mm-hmm. Because said sister was also his wife originally. Mm-hmm. And he would end up either starving to death or being poisoned by his uncle, Viserys II. Mm. So, that's Baylor's story. Yep. Last and definitely not forgotten. Oh, no. Although arguably least in a way, but man, was he so least? But was he so least? Yeah. Megor the Cruel. Hello, Genghis. Hello, hello. Up to his name. Hello, the rough equivalent of Genghis Khan. I would argue he, he was so infamous he became a byword for evil. Yeah. I would argue he is Westeros's Hitler. 
Okay. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like Hitler is just a, a synonym for evil. Yeah. So, like, in that sense. That's good. That's very good. Neither ruled for neither ruled for very long. No, thank goodness. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. He completed the Red Keep and then massacred the builders. <clears throat> he killed his nephew and the rightful heir Aegon the Uncrowned in battle and executed his nephew Darren. Magor went to rule went to war with the Faith of the Seven. He would often massacre thousands of peasants when he couldn't tell uh, the, the peasant re rebels from the ordinary peasants. He was known for his polygamy and unsuccessful obsession to beget an heir. The only... Yeah. Including forcing three women into marriages they didn't want. Right. And... I'm sorry to say, raping those three women. Yeah. He was the only offspring of Queen Visenya. So, how, how, I think how we're going to, to handle this, Evan, okay. yes. is that we are just going to debate on the legacies of, of the kings and mm -hmm. see which one had the biggest impact. Okay. Which one really made such a humongous dent on history? This is a tough I one. I think that's how we're going to handle it. Yeah, this is a very, very tough one. It, all of them are going to be, maybe all of them are going to be tough. This one's probably, well, I mean, you start off, start off the first one with one of the, arguably one of the toughest. Yep. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say right now. Yeah. In a way, it's even though it breaks my heart because he's my favorite king. Yeah. I think Egg is the one that could arguably be the first to. And fight me on this. Like I'm that's listening. why we're here. I'm uh, listening. I think like the the problem with Egg is that he's is that very quickly what he tried to do. Mm -hmm. failed and while the people loved him and would remember him fondly mm -hmm. like his reforms were were out, undone in his yes. grandson's reign yes he didn't I and so think, I think we have a case with Egg where you've got a great character and you've got a great person you don't necessarily have a good ruler he wasn't a terrible ruler. One could argue he was even a good ruler. The problem was the kid and guy, first of all, he wasn't even meant, he was nowhere near supposed to be king. Yeah, well, well, yeah. And, but, and, again, as much, and again, as much as we love the character, it's like, sorry, kid, you're a dragon, but you are not. You're a dragon because we remember you. You're not a dragon. Because you were a great man. I, I'll take a little umbrage with that. I think he's a great man, and that's why he's a dragon. Okay. And, like, it's such a great story, and, like, the peasants love him. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just more arguing that, like, sadly, like, he's a great ruler, but he's just not. Or He's a great ruler, but he may just, he may just not be the best. And unfortunately, well, well, his legacy is a bit tainted because of so That That's what the problem is. is that, well, let me rephrase that. He's too much of a good man mm-hmm. and not a and he's a good ruler, but he's not the great ruler because he can't because he's unwilling to to force his kids to do what they need to do. Right. He's not Stannis Baratheon. No, he's not Stannis. He's not He's closer to Renly. He's not he's about halfway between Stannis and Renly. So Robert? <laughs> but not in the but but kind of Kind of not in, not in that direction. No, I, I I will say he's. Well, the thing I maintain of why why I say he's a bit is just like literally that that he 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 deserved to be a dragon for like his character, his story, and like how much he he tried to reform Westeros, and that's why I, I like him, and I think that's why you like him, right? But unfortunately, his legacy is a failure. Yes. And, like... He's a, his legacy, rather tragically, is the last glimmer. He's the, he, is the, he is the candle of the Targaryen dynasty being blown out. Yeah. That's why he's remembered. Yeah. So, hmm. Well, you're kind of talking me into maybe not eliminating him just yet, but... <laughs> Well, let's see, who, who's he going against? Because I hate to say it, I mean, the person I, who is not on the list by far is Magor. He was a psychopath. He was a brutal dictator. And but I don't know. I, I don't think I can eliminate him immediately no. because, because he is so remembered. He is so much like this evil boogeyman that just like is just like that when they went on to insult Rhaenyra they called her Magor with teats like they were so terrified and horrified of of Magor like he's just like the image of evil and like everything they're afraid that a, a truly awful king will not be like even like Ares though is like is like he's Ares is crazy yeah, he's Magor crazy. Was but just cruel. Yes, and that's like that's more terrifying. Is like Magor, who's like is like is just like oh my gosh, no. Yeah. A tyrant is a despot is is very concerning. A tyrant is terrifying. Yeah. Shit, you talk me into it. I'm just like. I think pound for pound. Mm-hmm. The other one where it's where he, I think we're saying like all these people deserve to be dragons, but oh yes, but I think pound for pound it's gonna boil down to Jaehaerys and Magor okay. because um, Baylor and is the other one where I, I would say that what made him a dragon to me and what and I think what convinced you is like it's all in his image, yeah, and what he represented that made him mm-hmm. like impactful. His right. reign is is the least thing that like makes him worthy of being a dragon. <laughs> right, he's kind of the the best way to describe him. He's kind of like a pope. 
Yes. Oh, you, well. you know, you know the names. I mean, if, I mean, if you're that person. You know the names of every single pope, and you know the image of the pope. What the popes actually did is mm, less than well known. Well, of of martyrs, of of the image of a martyr. True. And like the image and power of a martyr is much more important sometimes mm -hmm. than like what that person actually was. And that's what Baylor ultimately is. Yes. Like, everyone that, like, is a historian kind of, like, says, like, oh, no, 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 no. This was, like, a... It was a well-intentioned but really misguided king. Oh, and, yes, he may have been that, but he was able to set up an image for himself that persisted for generations. And you got to give him props for that. Even if, he, even if he might have not wanted it or might have done it unintentionally. But you're right. He is kind of the... He is compared to Jaharis and Magor, he is just not enough. And the same thing with Egg. They're just not enough. Any almost anywhere yeah. else, maybe. But against these two, against these heavyweights, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you it's like it's like a candle trying to hold trying to hold its own against dynamite. <laughs> wow. You're going for a candle theme this episode. I like it. Well, fire and blood. Yeah. True enough. True enough. Mm -hmm. Fire and blood. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and can I bring this up for a second? Rather tragically, the fact that Baylor the Blessed's sept was destroyed by fire. Well, in the show, yeah, yeah, and not by of all things, and no Tigerian was caught in the blast. Rather surprising. Yeah. No. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a colorful Baylor. character. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Baylor, Baylor and Egg, I'm sorry. And almost anywhere else, Egg might have been able to hold his own, but not against Jaharis and Maywar. That's the real debate. So who is truly the more influential king? Okay, we, we haven't talked or, or, or really celebrated Jaharis, so, but this is good to talk about him now as we talk in comparison to, to Maywar because well, they were succeeding rulers. <laughs> we are oh, yeah. Enough. And it's also weird because, like, they are both succeeding rulers and they're the polar opposites mm -hmm. of that. Even though, like, Baylor the Blessed is, like, the martyr in terms of, like, of the people of, like, the image of piety. Mm -hmm. Jaharis is, like, the image everyone goes to of, like, of, like, the byword for... He's the inverse of Magor because he's the byword for a good king. The best way, the best way I think I would describe it is, for, for those of you who, who are historians, which I'm assuming is a fair number of you, Jaharis is Caesar Augustus. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jaharis yes. is Caesar Augustus. Yes. He is remembered for the structure and legacy. Yes, we yes, we are aware that Aegon the Conqueror formed the Tigarian dynasty. He did not create it. It's the same way Julius Caesar is remembered as the man who marched on Rome. Be aware, Caesar did not create the Roman Empire. It was decades before that happened. Yeah. What we have is a case of a great man is able to build something impressive. Then you have a descendant or heir create something fantastic. Yeah. In Augustus' case, the Roman Empire. In Jaharis's case, the seven kingdoms and the true Targaryen dynasty. Yeah. 
Oh, for, definitely. Wow. You, you, that's a real great way of putting it. I love that. I love that. Magor, Magor is... Magor is the image of, of tyranny. He is, right. he, he is just of... And I, I do mean that. Uh, what I said earlier of like despotism is like... Despotism is more along the lines of of, of definitely like Ares embodies despotism of just, right. just mad irrational rule and just like obsession with power right. and in a way Magor was not obsessed with power no Magor like, Magor never struck me as not. a power hungry man he, he saw Magor in my opinion I mean at at his best and I use the term loosely yes at Very his easy. best he did realize that violence was necessary in order to create uh, order at a powerful empire. That being said, that's him at his best. At his worst, he was sadistic, psychotic, and completely without any mercy. No mercy at all. He, and he, he's just so, so, I think the best way of describing it is cold. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, there are stories that we get from Fire and Blood that he like really enjoys the torture. I, like, I, don't, think, I don't think he did. I don't really. The way it's like, yeah, I, I'm not sure if he actually necessarily did, but like, he just oh, but he took part in it. No, 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 no. I think he he is. He is Caesar during the Gallic Wars. No, I would say he is... He is Caracalla. He is Edward Longshanks. He is just like he is... Or cold. worse. Or worse, he's Genghis Khan. He is what? He's Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. So we've got kind of so we have a very so I mean in terms of historical comparisons we basically got Augustus versus Genghis Khan. <laughs> wow, this me, is a bit. Uh, Genghis Khan though was a conqueror. That's a little bit different. Okay then. Okay then. But but I know what you're no, saying. No 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 no. I'm just like I'm just like someone who's like synonymous with viciousness and like right. And just you got actually I better I mean I think you're right. It's Augustus versus Napoleon as to who truly create. Who created that greater legacy? And it's so freaking difficult because you have this image of evil that, yeah. is, that is personified for, in this case, for centuries. Yeah. Well, even even in even in the main series, uh, especially in the books, like they 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 reference always Megor. It's always like, oh, like what? I don't want our king getting into that territory. Right. But then, like, but. but the problem is, is that you've got that shiny example of cruelty versus someone who created the realm as we know it and as we see it in the yeah. series and in the books, and that's so just just so difficult. It, it really is. This is this is really really tough because what what do you compare it to? Do you create? Do you have? Do you have a, a a monster versus the sculptor? Yeah. You know, it's just like to to celebrate Jaharis, it's just that he really he built the seven. He, it, it's just basically, I, I I I honestly say like from Aegon the Conqueror to to Megor the Cruel mm -hmm. is what I would call basically the Conqueror's era. 
Right. And it's just like it's like, well, Aegon conquered it and like he but he didn't really like turn it into a kingdom. No, he just he, he just, just kind of rule was like the overlord ruler of it. Won. He won all the time. Yeah, and well, not all the time as well as as we describe it, uh, here's the best way to describe it. Aegon to Magor is Robert's rebellion. Jaehaerys is is kind of that consolidation period afterwards. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you've got and also let's let's not do, to give Jaehaerys a shitload of credit. Let's compare the fact that he basically has to take six kingdoms, seven if you include Dorne, but that's beside the point. Yeah. And say, all right, I've got to get literally millions of people who've been at war with each other for thousands of years to at least, if not love each other or even like each other, than to freaking get along. And the fact that he was able to pull that off and create a legacy for that for 250 years. That says something. That does. You're you're talking me into it. And, and another thing for his favor, yeah, is just that. I will say maybe theoretically to both criticize but also be amazed by him mm-hmm. is that the people were just so exhausted by like mm-hmm. everything that Megor had done that they yeah. were willing to follow him as king. Mm-hmm. But then it's the uphill battle of really getting. Both the construction, well, the construction. Mm-hmm. No, that's not an uphill. Well, the construction is not the problem. The construction is perseverance, but it's like it's it's reforming and like making a uniform code of law and saying like, no, 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 no. I know the North has its traditions. I know that the Stormlands have their traditions, but this is my code of laws. This is my code of law. You can and follow your own as closely yeah. to the letters you want. But you need to follow my code, and if and if you don't, I will use force. Yes, yes, and he was able to do that. He really turned. And this is why poor Egg doesn't have this in his pocket. But he was able to make the dragons be the the stick to get his reforms passed. Right. Well, he is he's the example of you have dragons like Magor. A fire, a, a figurative, well, literally speaking, a fire-breathing engine of destruction that leaves this legacy of, of power and fear. But then you have the dragon who is a scholar, a teacher, someone who says, look, you can conquer and destroy, but I want to create something truly incredible, mm-hmm. an empire. An empire, yeah. That's why my my vote goes to Jaehaerys the first by a very narrow margin, because he built what we see. I don't know. I, I, I I'm I'm getting more convinced there. Mm-hmm. I'm still at the slightly to Magor just because he's he is so synonymous with with like he is the image of tyranny, and just like. Of really like exposed like, oh man, like this is what Aegon could do if he was not nice. Ultimately, that this is like if things didn't work out for Aegon, it would be this. And this is like, we need to be terrified of the dragons. 
right. even though we already were, it's like, oh, wow, they are really... There's one, there's one thing, there, it's one thing if you look at a dragon. It's another one if you start, if it starts breathing fire. Yeah. Although like, I don't know, at the same time, like, I am getting more and more into Jaharis because, one, I just dig Jaharis more, but it's also, he had such an impact. And also, I give him points because he, the, the fact that he was able to rule for more than 50 years. Yeah. And really what he, well, what he did is, he, again, he did what Augustus did, which was there were people born in the Roman Empire who literally had absolutely no, were not born during an era where there was a republic. They literally yeah. had known nothing. Yeah. yeah. But Augustus, in this case, he's got that advantage. He's able to stay on the throne long enough for people to truly get used to it. And what this new realm is like. I like that. I like that. Right. It's like, what are the Seven Kingdoms? Well, let me show you. There you go. I've been yeah. here. I've been here for five. I've been here for over five decades. There are there are adult. The best way to describe it is there are adults in this room who were born after my my reign began. Like there are lords, there are lords and ladies, and there are lords have, and ladies that have kids. Right, there are lords and ladies who have kids that were born before I after after I became king. Yeah, and I think that helps. That helped the big time. You got That's a couple of generations. All right, you're getting me into it. I, I think I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. I think I'm there. <laughs> I, know, I think I'm there. Like, uh, I mean, I think ultimately, yes. the The image of a wise ruler who, you know, okay. Now, now that I think about it, yes, you've got me. Congratulations. Of uh, that, he you're really, that really. Was tough, it was tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, because. Ultimately, though, like even though the image of a tyrant is is super terrifying, right. the, the sheer impact of really forming what was basically a loosely affiliated six kingdoms. I mean, they were no longer warring, but right. turning that into a real united realm, right? A real united realm, and that from that point on, there would be civil wars. <laughs> oh yes, there would. Oh yes, there'd be plenty. There'd be plenty. But civil wars are expected. But notice. No one tried to overthrow out of out of out of trying to replace them until Robert's rebellion. Well, no, no, no. I'll say this really. Mm -hmm. Until really, until Joffrey beheaded Ned Stark, mm -hmm. there were some brief moments, but there was never really a true one hundred percent. And it's not completely true, because mm -hmm. it did happen during Egg's rule, but a flat-out secession movement, a yes. real... And a secession movement that was truly successful. Yes. Because... Uh, a, a, a return to the old way, as it were. As, yes. And that did not... And yes, Aegon started that, but Jaehaerys really cemented that as like... No, we're not going back to that. Because they tried to just start doing that with Aenys, and like that's why exactly. Megor had to start like hammering it down. That like, no, right. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Well, and, no and notice though, most of the rebellions that were happening were not were not the North or the Reach or the Lannisters rebelling. It was Targaryens at war with each other. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was the Targaryens that he wore, wore each other. They were playing the Game of Thrones, the Game of War. Yeah. It, it wasn't until you're right. It wasn't until Joffrey, 250 years later, that the North genuinely considered itself saying, "We were." The, I'm the ki- king in the North. That title hadn't been hadn't been around for 300 years. Yeah, I mean, like there are others, obviously, because Balon tried during Robert's reign, and like before that, um, Lionel Baratheon during Egg's reign. But like those were were always like brief, right? And like they they weren't really successful. And ultimately, yes, Rob's wasn't successful either. But he maintained his crown for like a couple of years, and actually, and- really, really. Well, and he posed a very legitimate threat. He yes. was probably the most dangerous threat to the Baratheon Lannisters. Well, Stannis also. also. Stannis also. Stannis was the, well, it's a, without getting too much into it, I think threat in terms of, not really threat to, that, to them themselves, the threat to the, to the appearance of unity. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not a civil war, but a legitimate like no, we stand, we stand alone. Yes. So, so yeah, but yeah, no, 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 no. I really do like that. I really do love in history mm-hmm. the, those figures, the the Augustus, mm-hmm. the, the, in the in this fictional world, Jaharis of just like someone who really just another comparison. It's not, it's not necessarily cinematic, but it's the people that really can just turn something right. into a solid. Kingdom, right. the uniters, the political maneuverers. Right. Are they are they exciting to watch? Not necessarily. Maybe their rise to power is exciting sometimes. Oh, definitely. But the actual, uh, but their pregnant. actual rule? No, their actual rule is not about excitement. Their rule is about building and creating something incredible. Well, Jaharis episode was a wonderful episode to talk yes. about. And mm-hmm. it's like I just meant like cinematically, like it's hard to Fully, I don't know how well the Jaharis chapters mm-hmm. like are great to read, but I'm not sure how well they translate to a TV show. The other, uh, the other historical uh, yeah. comparison I would I would argue for uh, Jaharis is Tokugawa Ieyasu. Who's he? He's the, he's the uniter of Japan. Oh, he created oh. the Tokugawa shogunate that ruled for by coincidence that ruled for like 300 years. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Very good, very yeah. good, Paul. Yeah. Well, that's our that's our first episode. That's our first melee. So, congratulations! Of the four, only one can stand and move on. Jaharis, congratulations! You've passed. You are going to the final round. But who are you going to be? Your two opponents. We'll have two more melees to find out. Tune in next week yep. when we cover cover the second melee. See you then. Have a good day, everyone.